Stem Cells at Lunch Digested is brought to you by the Centre for Stem Cells and Regenerative Medicine at King's College London. The Centre for Stem Cell and Regenerative Medicine, as most research centres, has a very multicultural group of scientists from all around the world. For all of us, this centre has given us the opportunity of conducting our research and it has given us the freedom of pursuing a passion that all of us share science. Today, we have the opportunity to interview some of these scientists and ask them about their experience of working in stem cell research in the UK and what this country has brought them to their research career. With me, it's Matteo from Italy, Gernot from Austria, Ines from Portugal, Stephanie from France, Victor from Brazil and Rocio from Spain. All of them scientists at the Center of Stem Cell and Regenerative Medicine. My first question is for Victor. Victor is a PhD student who came from Brazil. Victor, why did, you why did you choose to come to London and what do you think is the most difficult part for you living so far from home? Um, to be honest, I didn't choose London. Uh, when I decided to do my PhD abroad, I was looking for good labs and good, good centers. And I feel very lucky because I was accepted here uh, in the stem cell center. And I'm very happy because I really I could combine London, which is a really nice city, and a good lab. And I think the most difficult part is the beginning. When you're really far from home, you miss a lot your family and friends. You miss a lot your food. And I think sometimes the language barrier can be something really difficult. I used to miss a lot to speak my own language. And this is the most difficult part, I think, at the beginning. Now it's, it's okay. Thank you. Uh, my second question is for Stephanie, who has just finished her PhD here. One of the biggest concerns of people that wants to do a PhD in London is the cost of living. Do you think it's worth it? Are you glad that you came to London to do your PhD? Hi, Julian. Um, I think I'm very happy I went to London. Uh, I've been living in different cities in the UK before for my previous studies, and I think London is very dynamic and it's a very exciting city to live in. We are based in Kings here, but actually it gives us the opportunity to collaborate with Imperial, with UCL. For example, our lab is mainly focused on the skin and we have the London Skin Club that is run twice a year and we combine it with um, Queen Mary, UCL and Imperial and so we can really collaborate with different labs for London. So I think it's a very exciting opportunity for students to come here and for the cost of living, yes, it's a very expensive city but um, it's full of opportunities where you can have free events, free concerts, um, you have a lot of reductions for students, so you can go to uh, many restaurants and bars around the city, and it's very multicultural and international, so I think it's worth it. Matteo is a postdoc at our center who came from Italy uh, to the UK seven years ago to develop his scientific career. Matteo, why did you decide to come here to conduct your research? Has working in the UK been what you expected? And would you recommend coming here to study or work in science? Oh, hi, Elena. Well, so it's three questions. Let's take them uh, one at a time. And first of all, I did came, come here um, seven years ago to do my PhD. And I just after I finished my master's degree in Italy, I. I decided that I wanted to do my PhD abroad to like, have this experience in my sort of scientific luggage mm -hmm. 
and um, and uh, develop my career in this sense. And I didn't like apply only in London. So partially, of course, you are a bit uh, influenced by where you can find the position you're interested in and when you can find the position that can fit you. I was lucky enough to get uh, a scholarship here at, uh, in London at UCL. Um, and uh, and it, it was really great. Everything found, panned out in a fantastic way. I, uh, I met with uh, a lot of incredible people, had uh, a lot of satisfaction from a scientific point of view, from a personal point of view. And I am very happy with the community that I met here because it's, it's a very international place. It's very welcoming. And that makes even the transition easier because you have a lot of people that are in the same situation as you, so they tend to be more open, and uh, and that you know uh, is good both on a scientific level and on a personal level. So uh, I was very happy with, with that. I was very lucky, and plus, I mean, for personal reasons, the transition was easier for me because I had been in London many times before, uh, family, friends, and all these things. So for me, it was uh, the transition was easy, but the experience afterwards to really answer your question was great and the community was great. As far as your last question is concerned, uh, whether I would recommend people to come here, I would certainly say yes for, in, for um, as far as the community is concerned because the environment here is great for, for what I can find, at least for the le at, at my level of career, uh, for, for what my experience is, has been fantastic. Although, uh, of course, I need to mention, the, I cannot avoid mentioning the current political climate, which is very uncertain at the very least after uh, Brexit. And so I would certainly recommend to, uh, to people to come here for the community because that's not going to change. But I would also be aware of the changing political situation because we don't know exactly what's going to change, if anything is going to change. Okay, thank you. My next question is for Gernot who is a senior scientist at our center, who has spent the last five years working in stem cell research. Gernot, after all these years, what has working in the UK given you, and would you consider going back to Austria one day? Hi, Agilene. Well, working in a city that is one of the world's largest biomedical research hubs and working in a laboratory that is a leader in the field of stem cell research has certainly been an experience I would not have wanted to, to miss. And uh, it's not only because I could do research at the forefront of science, but also because I was exposed to new concepts, to new ideas, to novel technologies, and I could build up a network of fantastic collaborators and mentors, which will all be key to my future career development. And I do, of course, want to go back to Austria, not only because it's home, but also because I strongly believe that the experience I have obtained here in the UK will be of value to the science done in my home country. But I accept the fact that the science job market is highly saturated in Austria, so it is not unlikely, I would say, that in the near future I will continue my scientific career in another European country. Next question is for Ines. Uh, comes from Portugal and uh, has developed her scientific career in different countries around Europe. Ines, what do you think is different in the UK and do you think it's possible to establish roots in a place when you are a scientist? Uh, so having done my career in, well, studying in Portugal and then Brussels, 
and then France and now here, I do believe that, yes, it's possible to establish roots wherever you go, depending then how easy it is to move your roots to a new place, how adaptable you are. And it's really important, and coming back to what Gernot was saying, that you, wherever you are, you kind of establish the network, learn new ways of working, learn uh, the different networks the, at, in different countries. So you would realize that if you are working in France, you have this network that is, I don't know, the field where I was working with, I had an amazing network of people working in image analysis. And then I moved to London. I still, still keep contact with those people. So it, it kind of enhances your collabor international collaborations. Mm -hmm. So yes, you can establish roots scientifically, but these roots are always nomad so you can move them with you but still keep let's say a fit in the other country to continue establishing these uh, interactions international interactions which i think are extremely valuable and at the end are the main uh, for us scientists is extremely important to be um, open to a commu international community because this will bring all these um, different ideas of people, these uh, exchanges between countries, and uh, I think we should be open to this, to this um, mobility and flexibility or, 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 or on where you can live. And then personally, it's if you want to establish roots, you have to be open to the local culture. So I think, for instance, when I was living in France, the fact that I was already speaking French helped me a lot to be part of that community mm -hmm. and establish myself as a Parisian, as a uh, someone speaking French. But even though I lived there for nine years, I was still seen as a foreigner because people will always ask me, oh, you have a strange accent. Where mm -hmm. are you from? I was never old. Where in London, since it's a city that is so cosmopolitan, so international, I never had these kind of questions. I don't speak a perfect English. I have an accent. Everybody in London has an accent. So I think that is a city that when you're a foreigner, it welcomes you in a different way. And that's what I think it's good about this city that helps you establishing your roots in a much easier way. I would consider staying here, but frankly, I'm open to go whenever, maybe in a country where I still already speak the language because that will, it will allow me to basically integrate better in the community and with less effort because it always takes two, three years' time to, if you don't speak the language, to properly integrate in the culture of, of one country, I think. So, uh, yes, I do believe it's possible to establish your roots. You just have to be permeable, you just have to be flexible, and open your heart to make sure that you kind of embrace the new culture. Thank you. My next question is for Rocío, who comes from Spain, and it's our newest group leader in the center. Rocío, do you think UK offers good career progression opportunities in science? Well, I, I totally think so. Uh, and especially if we compare to those countries we come from, uh, not Austria, but all the other countries are like uh, Spain or Portugal, Italy, they, they have less funding for, for starting new labs and so on. And here it's, uh, it's true, it's, it offers these possibilities. And people are very welcoming, as Ines said. It's London is a city where that welcomes people from other countries, and this is not the case in in other other countries. And 
here at the same time, because it's a city that converges people from many places, the competition for getting a group leader position is higher. So you basically have to uh, work hard, uh, very hard to get that and build a very strong network to uh, have good advice for the next step in your career. But of course, the, the, the future, I think, is promising for uh, we, the new scientists. And we are very supported by senior scientists in the community. Mm -hmm. Good, thank you. Well, my last question is um, going to be for all of you. Uh, we have here three women, Stephanie, Ines, and Rocio, that are different stages of their scientific career. But I want to ask all of you, what do you think is the landscape like for women in science? I think it's interesting because you see different trends at different stages of your career. Like um, when you're a PhD, um, it's quite equal. There's a lot of women that are still uh, doing PhDs and pursuing their studies. Um, I think the difference starts to show up when you're a postdoc, uh, just because of the work life balance that starts to be more important at the stage of your life. Um, and it's more and more difficult um, for women with the competition to do successful postdocs, uh, to have a PI positions. You have to make sometimes um, uh, what's the word? Um, compromises at some stages of your career. Uh, but I think it's getting more and more positive also, and more grants are supporting women to stop, for example, their career for a period of time to have uh, children or because of um, life, things happening in your life and you need to stop at some point in your career. And uh, I think they support more and more and schemes like Athena's One is supporting also women in science. So I think I think there is hope. And I think, um, I think also through kings, I can see different women in science uh, as Rocio becoming PIs and it's quite nice for us because we can see that uh, we can do it and uh, it's quite positive. It's true, I, I do agree that there are more and more incentive. Um, we all need this kind of role models of women that succeeded, but also uh, men need these role models of some, and, and we've seen some colleagues struggling to also get a position, and it's hard, it's hard for everybody, men and women. I think that if, if these uh, differences are big in, in postdoc, when you reach to the PI level is like dramatic. And if you go like farther up in the ladder, then you realize that the uh, executive uh, bodies here in, in, in all the academic institutions plus in the uh, research institutes are basically more than 90% males over 50 years old. Um, this is quite, uh, I think, apart from the social aspect, not social, but the, the personal aspect that a woman decides to uh, uh, take care of the kids uh, or, or, or dedicate more time to the kids, there is also the, the uh, bias, which has, is there, and in, in which male-dominated uh, residing boy, bodies will not allow women to go there. So I think this, has, this is changing now. Uh, thanks, obviously, to those women which are doing the, they, they are like very inspiring and they are changing the system. But it will take it. I think it will take a long time for like reaching something which is equal. Because mm -hmm. I mean, when you are 30, 30 to forties, the pro main problem is your kids are small. After that, your kids are older, but you 
cannot access the executive uh, body's position, and this is not, it shouldn't be like this. So hopefully it will change. And here in Kings, there is a strong, uh, strong women in finance community. So I think this will also help for that. The men has any opinion about this? Gerner? Well, one of the reasons why we would love to go back to Austria is that we feel that the support you get during and after the career break, both as a man and, and a woman, is much better than here. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have still not reached the level of, of Scandinavian countries, which have an excellent social and healthcare system, where also scientists are, are very well supported during and after career breaks. Austria is, is doing quite well in that. Mm -hmm. And also the fact that of going back home, surrounded by the family Changing. network, makes things much easier because Very true. most of the scientists here are foreigners and therefore they are here on their own or just as a couple and you won't have your family support to help you raise your children so that makes things much more difficult than if you were in your home country. Yeah, I, I agree with the views expressed by my colleagues and um, uh, there is certainly a bias and you start with uh, probably at the base level with uh, actually more women than men because I remember in my undergraduate in by the biology it was like mostly 70 uh, percent yeah, ladies we had uh, students from maths which is a desert at the other end of the faculty coming over to the computing and it was all, all men in physics and maths sorry this is a like a sexist, not a scientist uh, <laughs> joke. But yes, it's, uh, I, I do uh, have the impression, which I hope is right, that things are improving. But as Rosia was saying, it's probably, it will probably take some time because right now I like to think that these sort of complete, um, uh, like one sex version of the top level of the academia, it has some kind of historical roots that hopefully we're shedding and we are moving towards a uh, more equal um, kind of uh, model. For my part, what, what I can say, which I, it's co completely statistically irrelevant, but maybe it's encouraging. In my personal experience, in my career, I've always worked for women. All of my bosses were, uh, were women. It's only... Uh, uh, Which is it as a bias? They have well, a bias, uh, I don't know. I don't know. No, I don't think so. I think it was just by accident but they were, all, they were all great they were all great experience uh great experiences and uh, uh, maybe it's a symptom that things are changing i don't know probably not fingers crossed uh, yes let's take it as an encouraging signal. i think italy is one of the countries that has more women in, in really in I, I didn't know i don't know i mean the head of one of my labs was actually a guy but the postdoc i was working okay. directly under were women so i counted um, but yes, uh, hopefully things are changing for the best. I think it's, it's extremely difficult also, I mean, if we consider it, like if you had a massive salary, there is no problem in having the so resources to do the, you know, work top, like full, uh, full time as a group leader and having kids. But the problem is like also salaries do not match the necessities. So because we don't have the families here, we cannot take it. And then it's uh, also it kicks in the 
the personal dilemma of a woman saying, should I go for my career or should I be with my kids? And this is where most of the people at the end, most, most of the women decide, okay, let's go for my, my kids and then that's but it. But do you think that bias is also a choice from women? I met many women which are not, and they are amazing scientists and they didn't uh, decide to do a PI, go for the PI route because they thought uh, they didn't want to sacrifice their time for the kids. And this, they told me, it's a volunteer, it's, it's me because I really thought they were making a mistake. Mm -hmm. But some women, there is a percentage that they decide that, whether this decision is based on you know the social aspect that you feel guilty because socially uh, you feel that you have to be with your kids, I don't know. But there is a percentage that drops voluntarily, mm -hmm. a percentage that cannot make it due to the system and then and then there's the rest that try to kind of uh, uh, fit in the system yeah. well thank you very much to all of you who participated in our podcast and said at lunch suggested uh, and really 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 thank you uh, hope to see you all again in a new interview <laughs> thank, thank you, you. Thank you.